Why, as the Asian culture as a whole, why are they so good at everything? Asians? Asians. Everything. I go in, I go get some fucking boba before this this episode, right? Yeah. And they have like this little artboard over there. Every time I'm in there, these motherfuckers who are just slepping out fucking boba drinks got this masterful art art piece up on the wall. You know, it's it's their upbringing. You know, it's it's a tough upbringing. Tiger moms? No, it's just, uh, you ever watch Crazy Rich Asians? That movie? Read no. The book? Read no. the book? Uh, yeah, it explains, it answers your question. All the video games we play? All fucking Asian developers. Well, it all goes back down to Crazy Rich Asians, Asians because it's, you just gotta watch the movie, read the book. It'll okay. answer your question. They're just superior to everyone. Watch the movie and read the book? Or, or just watch the movie. I mean, okay. I mean, basically, to summarize, they're just super fucking hard on their kids. Okay. Like an A- minus is is failing in their household. Interesting. No joke. Hmm. No joke. And you know, I I wouldn't last because I don't know how to read. So yeah, I don't fucking I don't know anything. Hmm. Welcome back, Purgators, to Stuck in This Purgatory. I'm the illiterate Chase. Joining me in Purgatory, as always, is Hunter, Mary Chrysler, and Adrian. Hello. Who is currently trying to find some promotion on his phone that we have to listen to? Not a promotion. Mm. It's a video. I highly doubt that everything you push is promotions. Is he, a, is he a sleazy salesman? Yeah, he's just a little promo pusher. Promo push, little Gen Z promo pusher, little, little Provo pusher. Boys, happy almost Christmas! Yeah, you guys ready to get some uh, spooktastic Christmas in? Yeah. It, you know what? You know what this is almost like? Hmm. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh my God! Oh my what a God! Title. No way! Oh. What a title. <laughs> title card. That sounds like it'd be a good movie. Dude, I swear to God, I'm gonna bitch slap this motherfucker today. He is. You've never seen me. it. I. This is the first time I've seen him today. Right, and that's he's already a, that's pissing unusual. me off. That's unusual. Yeah, yeah. I have no words. See, he won't even fucking talk now. This piece of shit. <coughs> uh, I I find joy in my life. Quit poking each other's buttons. By what? Joining what? Tormenting me? No, I just have joy today. It just it's been joy. a good day. It's been a good day. You played TFT today. <laughs> you played some TFT at work. Yes, sir. On, on work time. <laughs> that's, just, that's like works hard, huh? Last time, I, last time I checked, there's no um, <clears throat> enter one fifty for a TFT time at work. <laughs> TFT time. How about at work. searching new car parts. <laughs> oh, what about YouTube? <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of the nightmare before Christmas, what are we talking about today, boys? We got some fun old uh, Christmas stories or Christmas cryptids. Christmas characters that are. Mostly in a bunch of folklore, and something that you guys may think of is Krumpus. Krumpus! I found six other more interesting ones that are better than Krumpus. Well, I mean, at that, give it a ho, ho, ho. Well, boys, it's that time of the year when everyone is full of happy spirits, cookies, 
and that disgusting, oh, disgusting-looking eggnog. Praise shit the eggnog. Praise be oh. to the eggnog. You realize you're just eating eggs. I love it. You're drinking eggs. Eggs are good. Uh, good eggs. protein. It's disgusting. Call me Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get down. Did you know that there's a brief period that it could turn into scrambled eggs? Yeah, that's how disgusting Maybe it is. We all need to try to cook that up a little bit. But it is the jolliest time of the year, regardless of that disgusting ass eggnog. Or could it be the most demonic? Ooh. We know what I will say with nonstop shopping and crowded areas. But what happens when scariest characters come out during this time of year? I don't know, Chase. Tell us about it. Well, at Christmas time, we celebrate good things. Tidings, cheer, goodwill towards men. Not but women. Some tradition and <laughs> equality <laughs> in the Christmas place. <laughs> equality for all. Well, what would be the general neutral term for all? Goodwill toward all. There we go. But some traditions of the seasons haven't always been about twinkling lights, jingling bells, and jolly old fat-ass St. Nick. In fact, there are some Christmas characters that are more menacing than Mary. Wow. We're gonna, it's a little ed- education here. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn some new things. Yeah, my, starting bright in your lives. Yes. Also, mind my voice, ladies and gentlemen, because I am sick. I he was going to say something in the intro. It's kind of graspy. It gives me like a nice little feeling. Is it? Is it hot? It's getting you turned on. It's like, yeah, it's like you like that little boy. <laughs> it's like that you song. Come here. <laughs> Get over here. I'm all that. What do you want for Christmas, boy? <laughs> Why do we go southern? <laughs> it's well, like that one well, song. Uh, <laughs> hey, stereotypes are real, man. Eh? <laughs> well, for centuries. Pre-Christian cultures celebrated the end of the harvest in the darkest days of the year with raucous celebrations and some truly terrifying characters from their religious and cultural heritage became part of them. With the long nights, it was natural to believe the veil between this world and others was thinnest, allowing these creatures to interact with us on good or malevolent levels. As Christianity spread, some of these legends softened over the years, making them more palatable to followers of the new faith. But in the hearts of many people throughout Europe, the belief in the old characters still remained. So while St. Nicholas visits on Christmas Eve, ancient creatures of Europe's forests and mountains play a hand in teaching young children how to be on their best Behavior. I'll smack that ass. What? With Birch, baby. I, I promise. <laughs> last year. If, yeah, you haven't listened, Birch, baby. if you haven't listened to last year's Krampus episode, what we did, that was like only a few months after our inception. That was like literally like the fourth or fifth right? episode, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we did a, a Krampus episode, and it was fucking hilarious. Do you think with your sick voice, Chase, you could give us a, an un Krampus? No. That no. is no. Un Krampus nut. Un Krampus nut. See? Close. <laughs> You gotta go back and listen to that episode because it was fucking hate. Well, hilarious. if you let, if you guys liked the episode on Krampus spanking a bunch of little children, this is the perfect <laughs> episode for you. Hit him with Ginky, that bird. Ginky. Belschnickel. Belschnickel. Well, as eerie as it may sound, Belschnickel is a masked gift bringer and is considered to be far less cheery than his more peaceful counterpart, the Christ kind. It is likely that your children are going to listen to the story of Belschnickel in awe. This is something that like gold member from Austin Powers came up with. Belschnickel. Do you want to smoke in a pancake? While you guys read these, I will pull up the pictures on each one. Oh, you guys are going to love this. it. Belschnickel. The story of Belschnickel was a popular Christmas character. <laughs> oh, 
that's right. It's in the office. Yes, oh that's it's God. in the office. It's actually a very true story. So I, I read this article, and the office actually used Belsnickel because uh, the actor Dwight? knew this. Yeah, knew the story. Well, his name, yeah, the actor's name, is not Dwight. Okay. No, you don't have to be an asshole to me. You know, he's been mean to me all day. <laughs> People dress up as this dude. <laughs> I remember that episode. I'm like, what the fuck are you, Dwight? Well, let me restart this. The story of Berschnickel was a popular Christmas character developed around the Middle Ages in European countries. Germany was known to have both happy and grim gift bringers. And the Berschnickel was the very grim one. <laughs> He was not only feared, but also got children to behave nicely through the years so that they could receive gifts during Christmas. Berschnickel <laughs> is the first character in the history of Christmas characters who clearly distinguished between good children and bad children, unlike Santa Claus, who presented gifts to those whose names were on the famous Santa's list. Did you ever make the Santa's list? Never. Uh, no. Never. I, I I'm always, always got naughty. coal in the stockings. Yeah. Yep. I'm a naughty boy. We, we know well, I'm going to get naughty, naughty more boy. Coal. Sean Connery. Belschnickel would mainly leave switches for children who were bad through the year and would also leave small toys, socks, mittens, candles, or fruits for the well-behaved. They left them candles. They look like candies for me. <laughs> candles for me. <laughs> left them candles. Let me just zoom in for my old man. Do you want a here. candle? <laughs> hey, bud. I'm Belschnickel. Do you want a candle? I'd take a candle now. I'll fucking take a candle. Not when I was five, though. <laughs> yeah. Nickel would mainly leave switches for children who are bad through the year and would also leave small toys, socks, mittens, candies, or fruits for the well-behaved children he came across. On the eve of Christmas, just before everybody would go to bed, Nickel would announce his arrival by knocking on the window panes for, or doors. The children actually get to see Belschnickel. Unlike Santa Claus, who travels down the chimney while the children are asleep. With a black bag in one hand and a mask covering his face, Belschnickel was considered more of a Robin Hood type of character during Christmas and had an eerie superhero or bad guy quality to him. It is said that children would either love him or absolutely fear him. There are, of course, scarier versions of the Belschnickel. Legend has it that he used to drag naughty children into the forest and make them pay for their mischievous behavior throughout the year. You what take you that birch! You take this birch! You take it out of the butt! Yeah! I was just about to say, what do you guys think he made them do in the forest? Oh, he just beat them with sticks. If they took them in the forbidden forest? Hoo-wee. <laughs> naughty, but, naughty. But is that a gift because you're you're in the forbidden forest? No. Well, <laughs> let's, that's like going to the background. Not, this, uh, no. Let's be honest. Back then... These boys were already these kids. Boys, kids were already trained. They they were all around the Catholic Church, so they knew. They knew. They knew how to take a dick. <laughs> they were already. Moved on. They were literally. You said it, not me. You said it. I'm Christian. We're okay. It's You're come, Catholic. I thought. Become bony. <laughs> Even worse. Ah! <laughs> Quit touching those children. Faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Mary Chrysler. <laughs> Other stories suggest that he used to kidnap naughty children from their beds and never return them to their parents. However, Birschnickel would often give them a chance to redeem themselves 
if they deserve if it. If you suck this dick, you get to stay home. You got to suck <laughs> Show me that Glock Glock 360, baby. <laughs> no scope that shit. No <laughs> 360 no scope. What a gangster. Let me take you away from your parents. But you got to earn it, baby. You got to earn it. You got to get back in the game. Do a Matthew McConaughey saying that. <laughs> You can't, I, can't. I can't even think of his name right now. Mm. That's all I can think about. That's what Belschnickel was saying right, while he's getting right. it. Yeah, you want to you wanna get yourself? No, I'm doing Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Adrian! Oh, my God. <laughs> well, what they were actually made to do was to dance, do tricks, sing, or recite poems, depending on what Belschnickel wanted to hear. Not suck dick, Hunter. <laughs> Sorry, my brain. The story of Belschnickel is enough to invoke fear in children. No wonder, then, that he later disappeared into obscurity after the introduction of merrier Christmas characters into the picture. Nowadays, the story of Belschnickel is recited or even depicted in parts of Germany to wreak some Christmas havoc for good humor and to scare naughty children. Have you guys been seeing the Grinch videos of people dressing up yeah. as Grinch and just scaring the shit out of these kids? These kids are getting aggressive. Yeah. Dude, they're like, kids they're are scared. getting tough, man. They're like, fuck you, Grinch. Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. Like, yeah. yeah. It makes me really want to hire a Grinch someday with my kids. Uh, you got one right here. <laughs> oh, you two just come in? <laughs> yes. Easy peasy. Wait, Adrian gets to be the dog, though. <laughs> Max, he could be Max. I, I yeah, knew it was going to come. <laughs> well, you might be wondering yourself, what does Belschnickel look like, especially since he's German? and pretty close to Krampus. Belschnickel is shown as a thin, lanky person who dresses up in fur clothing, paints his face, wears a mask, and attaches bells to his costume. With his one hand, he is seen carrying a bag with gifts and treats for good children, and the other hand would have a switch or a whip for bad children. His costume was black in color and usually reflected his grim character. Children feared this masked figure though he was viewed as a hero in the eyes of many good children. Hmm. What's a, what, what do you think they mean by switch? Uh, it's like Bag. Krampus. He's like a fucking oh. thing of branches or whatever. Oh. Well, he doesn't sound too scary, but, you know, scary enough. Uh, Germans really like spanking children with branches, don't they? Yeah. Yes, they do. Hmm. If, if you guys loved that character, this is possibly going to be Hunter's and Chase's new favorite Christmas. This next one? Yes. So I'm going to let you take lead on this. How the fuck do I pronounce this, though? Frau Perchata. Frau Perchata. No, Perchta. it's like, Frau Perchta. Perchta. Okay. This is Frau Perchta. Isn't as well known as Krampus these days, which is a shame, because this Christmas time goddess slash witch of all-around terrifying gal deserves a little more press. Oh, my God. I'm hooked. She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, but relatively under the radar in North America. According to Linda Reisdick, the author of The Old Magic of Christmas, Frau Perchta, was also known as Berchta or Bertha, and has also been called Spins to Blavenfra. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That was pretty that was good. That, that's good compared to the, the rest of the other ones we're going to have to say. Spins to Blavenfra means... Spinning room lady. <laughs> what? She's often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. 
but this old crone packs a mighty wallop and carries a long knife hidden under her skirt. She, she reminds me of the fucking crow people in uh, Skyrim. Yes. Oh, that is oh, definitely her. Yep, okay. It's exactly like the crow people in Skyrim. Yeah, uh, it does. She's actually used in one of the video games you guys play. Skyrim. Uh, That's pretty one? close. It's, a, it's one? another one. It's another one? Yes. See if you can find it. That's fun. Uh, it's in here. Oh, it's in here? Okay, okay, okay. She also bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga, which that's interesting because, nah, never mind. I'm thinking God of War. Frigga is not that creepy in God of War. Of both of them, share one obsession in common, spinning specifically, and a domestic neatness generally. Okay. Frankly, she's pretty judgy about the state of your home for a woman who dresses all in rags. Legend has it that you better get all your flock spun by the 12th night, January 6th, for when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the bright upright loom, at which time you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. I'm fucked. I'm not prepared. And what's Frau Perchta punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? In Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Perchta trampling and even setting fire to the half-spun fibers. And should you really irritate her? Like, say, not only is your flax not spun, but your house is a total mess. This domestic goddess slash witch hates a messy house, and you've even failed to leave out a traditional bowl of porridge for her. Well, then her rampaging will extend far beyond your slovenly spinning room. She'll do nothing less than steal into your bedroom and disembowel you and replace your guts with rocks and straw. Oh, God. That escalated very quickly. I told you she's a badass bitch, dude. So all you have to do is spin your webs. Your webs? (laughs) They're not spiders. Oh, sorry. Spin your yarns. Your looms. Your looms, your quilts, and keep your house clean, and you you won't be disemboweled with rocks and stuff. Oh, pride porridge. Mm -hmm. Why was porridge a thing back then? Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, the Germans are weird. I love how all these are German stories, too. It's like... Just not a normal whatever. Yeah, why why do they like Christmas so much and making it scary? But Perchta does more than just check up on your spinning. Other legends equate Fra Perchta with the legend of the wild hunt. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, the Witcher. That's from the Witcher. Mm-hmm. And say that she flies to the night sky attended by an army of lost souls, including the demonic-looking Perch Ten, her army of servants who are visually nearly indistinguishable from Krampus. Only way to know for sure is context. Krampus rides abroad a Saint Nicholas Eve while the Perchten tend more towards Epiphany in the last three Thursdays before Christmas, also known as the Birchtel Nights or Knocking Nights. I'm German now, by the way. Also, among her army of the night are the souls of unbaptized children. Oh, God. That reminds me of that episode of your pretty face is going to hell when all the... All the aborted fetuses have get guns. Did you see that episode? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> we want gun rights for all. You get a gun. <sighs> Legend has it that if you hear the wind and thundering roaring and rumbling through the mountains on the Birchtel nights, you're really hearing the sounds of the Birchta leading the wild hunt. That's actually fucking terrifying. Pretty cool. Good good one, Adrian. I got you, boys. Got me. Another one of Frau Perchta's names is Holly a winter goddess whose name means shining or bright. Hence, her association with Epiphany, the shining night on which the star of the Bethlehem shone down. Her dual nature is expressed in fact that there were both 
evil and ugly Perchten and pretty Perchten, both of whom you might find in a typical Perchtenlof. Unlof! Panzerstreck! This is what they call purdy. Oh, that's real purdy. That's hey. real purdy. Hey, maybe the Germans. <laughs> so a typical Perchtenloft or Perchten run in the alpine regions of Europe. The pretty Perchten are well and good, but honestly, I'm a bigger fan of the evil Perchta. And she's the one I love to fear in the days leading up to Christmas. No, I don't. Don't 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 put those words in my mouth. So this January sixth, instead of bemoaning the fact that Christmas is over, why not celebrate Perchten Tag by telling your kids they better clean up their rooms or Frau Perchta will come and disabout them in the night. Heil Hitler! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow! Did you guys like her? I like that I, shit. I, I don't so much like it as much as I like the fact that they continue to celebrate Christmas through January 6th. Like, one day is not good enough. Nope. Oh, dude, you, you're going to find out a lot of them are January 6th. We should adopt these things in North America. This would be tits. Well, a lot of these articles just bang on fucking North America for not picking these up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Let's do it. I'm, we're picking it up right now. Coal's not good enough. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I want to be disemboweled. <laughs> Put rocks and stones in my body. Hit me with birches. <laughs> Baby, hit me with a birch. Well, let's talk about Mary Lude. I'm going with Lude because that's the only way I could depict this name. I think it's Mari Lude. La- I think it'd be Laud. Laud? Mary Laud. Laud. The Mary. scary Welsh Christmas horse. It's a horse? Yep. Oh, we're getting horsecock? <laughs> it's as weird as it sounds. <laughs> oh, God. No, Mary weirder. Lord Horsecock. <laughs> no, weirder, actually. Oh, God. The Welsh Christmas time tradition of Mary Laud. Involves a whore. <coughs> My bad. A whore. You involves whore. a whore. You're a goddamn hooker. Involves a hobby horse made by mounting a horse's skull on a stick with a white sheet decorated with ribbons and bells concealing the man's beneath who animates the horse. Mary Loud, the white mare, is accompanied by a group of men as she travels from house to house at dusk. This is where it gets really weird. Weird. Knocking at the door and singing riddle riddle requests to try and gain entry. The occupant of the horse is expected to deny her entry by singing a riddle refusal back through the door. The battle of wits is then in full flow until the occupant is bested and the mare and her companions are let into the house where they're given food and drink. Black-eyed kids. Typically, alcoholic drinks, by the way. Ooh. Horses. The, the horse wants to get wild. Guys, next business idea will create a liquor called Horsecock. I, I think that's already invented. Probably. Horsecock. <laughs> Probably got a bell on it, too. No, we'll just do Horsecock Super Plus Max. <laughs> <laughs> the men are often dressed as Punch and Judy characters, and once inside, the Mary Lod has been known to run amok, neighing, chasing children, and causing mischief, while the leader, who generally holds the Mary Lod by a lead rope, pretends to restrain it. Meanwhile, Punch and Judy act their parts, and the Mary Man plays music for the household. Once they've had their fill of snacks and ale, the group follows Mary Loud to the next house, and so it goes into the depths of the night. Oh That's a weird God, one. God, yeah, what the fuck? That would just suck to have to like 
do a riddle off. Like I, I have a hard time solving riddles on the fly, but then to like come up with my own. It sounds like a bunch of dudes that are just was like, "Hey, we're gonna go out tonight and get free drinks now." The horse's name is yeah. Thursday. That's interesting. You guys not know that riddle? No. No. The horse's name is Thursday. No. Oh, I'm confused. Really? Yeah. Tits. What? Okay. I'm not a riddles guy. Escape yeah. rooms are not for me. <laughs> You're going to one though. God damn it. Keep bringing it a up. A man rides into a town on Thursday. He stays five days and leaves on Thursday. How is this possible? The horse's name is Thursday uh, or Friday, Monday. Are you a riddles guy, Adrian? No, it's just when we went to uh, Friday night or kids' night out every Friday oh. night, there'd be an officer there telling people riddles. And that was the one everyone is, was running around. That is not an appropriate <laughs> children's riddle. <laughs> yes, it is. He went to a bar? No. Oh, I thought you said he went to Rode a bar. Rode into a town. Oh. Yeah. I this never... is what they dressed up as. Oh, cool! I <laughs> never got to, pretty dope. I never got to go to kids' night out. I was a, I was not allowed. I went twice. I was not allowed. But every time I went, I got so much goddamn candy that I was that I was gonna puke. My mom said that's where little kids went to have sex, so I couldn't go. <laughs> how old? Remind the, the audience how old you were when sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. That <laughs> yeah. was the only time. Eighth grade pushing it, but sixth and seventh, yeah, probably no sex. No, I didn't even know what my dinger looked like by then. Well, all I I'm, knew is that when I ran into walls, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is if I flicked it around enough, something came out. Oh, what God. is this? I made sure Chase got this one because... Because <laughs> it's impossible. Because it's impossible. You just got to send it, my guy. What's the backstory? Is it... Is it... Is it... What's... Which They're ethnic? ogres. They're ogres, but what's from what area? Austrian. Okay, so you got Austria. Think Arnold. Gryla and Lepelawi. That's not bad. Gryla oh. and Lepelawi and their Yule cat. Hmm. Gryla is a very bad and grim ogre, and she eats badly behaved children. She comes to pick them up, puts them in her sack, and then cooks them in her cauldron. Tasty, tasty. There are descriptions and accounts of the trolls Gryla and Lepeloi in Jasjurger, <laughs> Jan's Arnesenar, <laughs> the collection of folklore by John Armson. Amison. <laughs> you know sure. what's so funny about that? This whole, like, you pronouncing that? Is remember when we looked up who listens to our podcast, like, all the countries, yeah. and there was, like, some real weird ones? How much you want to bet if we, when we look next week, that someone in Austria fucking watches this? <laughs> and they're going to email us in. It's actually pronounced Punjorjan. <laughs> Hanshan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Both of them were trolls, and the name Gryla is amongst the names of female trolls in Snorra by Snorri Strolson, Iceland's greatest saga writer. Not laughing. Gryla and Lepalui. <laughs> that sounds so like fucking <laughs> that Hawaiian. Like, that sounds I, I like was say it goes Hawaiian, but let, let's just roll with it. Yeah. Were cannibals like other trolls and mostly preyed on children, but didn't mind eating fully grown men as well. Badly behaved children were scared by Gryla when they were growing up. The word Gryla is used in Sturlunga Saga, a collection of Icelandic sagas, about a giantess or an ogress that causes terror and danger. <coughs> an old poem about Gryla describes her as having 15 tails, and on each tail, she had 100 balloons, and every balloon contained 20 children. <laughs> Exceptional. They must work at Party City. Oh my god. That must, there's a lot of helium in those balloons. I'm Jesus so Christ. sorry. Sorry. Gryla was the one in in uh, God of War. <coughs> Let me see. Uh, God of War. Huh. 
That's not what she looks like, though. I was gonna say that's that's a much sexier version. Yeah. What I yeah, was this, envisioning. This is that yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> God, we need to go to Germany. This looks like fun. Other descriptions of Gryla says that she had three hundred heads and three eyes on each head. She kidnaps the children, and she and her husband Lepalui put them in a large sack. Okay, look that one up because that, that he, does not sound. He's right. from Hawaii, all right. You know, he's a transplant. He's not native to Austria or Iceland. Lepalui, dude, it's gonna be something really weird with those those little marks. It probably says something totally different. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Wow, not what I expected. Okay, good job, Chase. Chase was right. Hell You're yeah, from Iceland. She so <laughs> so she kidnaps the children. Another check uh, achievement unlocked. Yep. <laughs> New kink unlocked. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> not again. Not again. I'm this running out of those 10, achievements. <clears throat> Holy shit. She kidnaps the children, and she and her husband Lepalui put them in a large sack. Another account claims that she has bad nails on each finger, eyes in the back of her head and horns like a goat. The ears dangle down to her shoulders and are fastened to her nose. Her chin is bearded, and her teeth are like charcoal. Damn, this is the nastiest described one so Ooh. far. Gryla's husband is the troll Lepalui. Although he is a troll, he is not as ugly as Gryla. Or is he? They are the parents of 20 children apart from the Yule lads, which are considered to be 13. And according to the collection of folklore of Jon Amason, there exists a poem describing yet another 19 of Gryla's children. Just, wow, wow. This is the couple together. They really Cute. get it on, don't they? they? They fuck. Do they fuck? Yes, they does do. Does he fuck? Yes, they do. Fuck, he does. They always do. And Lepelui had a son out of wedlock called Shgrogger. Oh, that little slut being Le- unfaithful to the troll Ooh. lore. Oh, yeah. Lepelui had that son by a girl who nursed Gryla while she was ill and bedridden for a whole year. Lepelui couldn't take care of Gryla and their big household, so he hired this girl called Lupa. Do a Lipa? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I, w- I would have a kid with her, too. Yeah. When Gryla got better from her illness, she was furious to find out that Lepelui had a child by Lupa and drove Lupa and Skragger away. Fascinating. Gryla had been married before she met Lepelui. Her first husband's name was Bolly. They had a lot of children. Bolly was also a cannibal like Lepalui. Bolly died of old age, and after his death, Gryla found Lepalui. Gryla wasn't old, even though she had had so many children. As one account in the folklore of Jan Amsen tells of Gryla and Lepalui having 20 children together, and that Gryla was 50 years old when she had had the last children, twins by Lepalui. The twins died while they were still in the crib. Why are they making it sound like just some normal-ass family, but these are yeah, goddamn right? trolls yeah, we're this, talking about. This got way too descriptive. <laughs> way, like, like she was nurse, she needed help, and they hired a nurse. Yeah. Like, hello, troll nurse, come on, come yeah. in here, take care of our house, please. It's like, uh, hey, there's these two trolls that eat and maim and kill children on Christmas Eve, but here's their life story. And I also find it fascinating, they're cannibals. Are they eating other trolls or just children just here? Children. I need descriptions. And grown men. Oh, this is why I'm terrified of cats. <laughs> Gryla and Lepelui own the Christmas cat, a terrible big cat that comes lurking on Christmas night and eats people who don't get any Christmas presents containing clothes. Very specific. So you better get some soft Christmas presents if you don't want the Christmas cat to come and eat you. 
fuck that. Well, yeah, she cats love soft shit. So yeah, they're like, oh, you got soft clothes. I'm gonna lay on you. That was an interesting uh, two people. They they look nasty. They but they seem like a very functioning household. So props to them. Well, this one sounds Hispanic. So Adrian, all you big dog. It's actually not Hispanic. <laughs> it's, it's mine. Not. It's my turn, bitch. It's Italiano. It's my oh, turn. Oh, it is Hunter's turn. La Befana. Befana. You have mistaken me one last time. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I had a little real Rodrigo Montoya, the figure of Babo Natali. Father Christmas, with a red hat and suit, white beard, bag full of presents, sleigh with reindeers, is famous all over the world. Sorry, Russian. He's Russian. All, all over the world now. <laughs> <laughs> In Italia! Children eagerly await for a visit from another figure known in their culture as La Bafana, an old shabby lady, but good-hearted and hard-working, loved so much by the children, is a woman also known as the Italian Christmas Witch. So she, she's not really like a badass bitch. She's just scary looking. Let's like, see this bitch. She's actually a nice lady. She's <laughs> she's a very nice witch. She's, she's very She just nice. doesn't look appealing, huh? No. If the children are wanting this. Then... Yeah, yeah. Just a regular old witch. She looks like the fucking witch from Snow White. She looks like the witch that you'd buy at Spirit Halloween. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> La Bafana is a very special and amiable. What is that? Very friendly and amiable. Amable. Amiable. La Bafana is a very friendly and amiable Italian witch who rides around on a broomstick. That is racist. Not all witches ride broomsticks. She often <laughs> smiles and carries a sack full of candies and gifts. As everyone knows in Italian folklore, La Bafana brings presents to the good children on the morning of Epiphany, January 6th. I never knew that. Never, never heard of that. January 6th. Okay. More you know. The two legends. The first legend is about the three wise men who stopped at La Bafana's house to ask for the road to Bethlehem. They asked her to accompany them, but she was denied. She stayed at the home to finish the cleaning and promised that she would catch up with them. By the time she finished her chores, they had all gone too far away. She began running after them with the presents for the baby Jesus, still carrying the broom in her hand. Somehow she began to fly in her broomstick but couldn't even find the old wise men. Since then, the story about the Epiphany Feast started. Okay, so this is now Jesus' story. Didn't even freaking know. All of these come from witches. The, the Christianity faith. Witches. I got to put the I got to put the matzo pizza on the the czar's not ready yet. I have uh, you go on without me. That's what I imagine she sounds like. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that's something. That's <laughs> something. <laughs> it was tits. The second legend dates back. Just <laughs> yeah, he just gets louder and louder as he does the Italian. I'm Italian. The higher his hand gets, yeah, the, the the louder the voice goes. The second legend begins. <laughs> <laughs> The second legend dates back during the reign of King Herod. He ordered the execution of each male child born in the year of Christ's birth. One lady couldn't bear the loss of her child and tried to convince herself that her boy was not killed, but lost instead. She wrapped up all the child's belongings and started searching from the house to house. Finally, she came upon a child. Convinced that, that she had found her son, she placed all of her son's belongings next to the crib where the baby lay. The child's father looked at this stranger bearing presents to his child and wondered about her past. <laughs> Many people believe in the existence of La Bafana, while the others believe it is an interesting story created for children. This is a children's song chanted in her honor. 
Sing with me, boys. Lava fauna comes at night in tattered shoes, dressed in Roman style. Roman style. Long live Bafana. She brings ciders and coals to the naughty children, to the good children. She brings sweets. And lots of gifts. <laughs> and some za. Give me some za, ma. Wow. How funny would it have been if it's like for good children, she brings a pizza and breadsticks. <laughs> All garden special, baby. <laughs> the poop Chicken daddy. and gnocchi. <laughs> Soup and salad. This is how the poop daddy was born. Well, that was an interesting. So she's not really a bad nightmare, but she's, you know, creepy. You know, it's terrifying for a four-year-old kid then to see. Praises her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is my favorite one. Hans Trop. Hans Trop! The Christmas Scarecrow. And mind you not, this is a true story of a man. Oh, so like true story. There, there is some background to this one. <clears throat> for as long as there has been jolly old Saint Nick providing gifts for well-behaved children, there has been someone or something else filling the role of his counterpart, punishing the naughty ones. These fearsome figures range from the iconic horned Krampus to Perchta, the shape-shifting Christmas witch who fills disobedient children's bellies with straw. The terrifying Hans Trop is possibly the worst of all, though. Sorry. (laughs) Though, what story? Pause. Though. (laughs) It's possibly the worst of all. Start that over. (laughs) The terrifying Hans Trop is possibly the worst of all, though. Just take out, just, though. Yeah, just take okay. out. <laughs> the terrifying hunch trap. It's possibly the worst of all. Though. One story in particular <laughs> describes... I'm leaving it in. Fuck you. I'm not the one who's going to sound like a retard. Hunch trap! One story in particular describes an instance in which he stabbed a child, sliced him into tiny pieces, and cooked him and ate his flesh. Kinky. With rosemary and thyme. The mm-hmm. legend of the Christmas scarecrow is well known. So, my bad. There is two little nicknames for him. It, he's the Christmas scarecrow or the Christmas boogeyman. So if you hear me Ooh. interloop them, it's because he's known by both. Ooh. So let me start. The legend of the Christmas Scarecrow is well known in the French regions of Alas and Lorraine. Hans Trapp, according to the story, lived in the 1400s, a rich, powerful, and merciless man who was feared by the people of Alsace. <laughs> what do you think? Alsace? <laughs> Alsace, baby. Alsace. No, I think it's. Um... Alas? No, it's not Alas. Alsace. I think it's Alsace. Okay. Alsace. <laughs> A rich, powerful, and merciless man who was feared by the people of Alsace. (laughs) Is that what you said? Alsace. Alsace. Okay. The legend of the Christmas Scarecrow is well known in the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine. Hans Trapp, according to the story, lived in the 1400s. A rich, powerful, and merciless man who was feared by the people of Alsace. Is, is this the reincarnation of Chase? Possibly. <laughs> Merciless man. Don't don't tell me. There might be a sca- Christmas scarecrow on my front lawn now. <laughs> That'd be tits. Tits. His thirst for power was so great that he turned to dealing with the devil to enhance his power and status. Hearing of this, the Pope himself, excommunicado, <laughs> trop, after which he was banished from Alsace and... 
his wealth and lands confiscated, all of which is nothing compared to what comes next. The Christmas like guy. boogeyman. This guy's this guy's lit. So it's like an actual dude. It's not like a. It's like I, I will get into the spooky guy. It's like Scrooge, but in the afterlife. <gasps> Trap was reduced to constructing a makeshift home in the mountains of Bavaria in Germany, and the legend goes on. Here he continued to brood, and his evil desires festered. He developed a hankering to try the taste of human flesh. Finally, he became the dreaded Christmas scarecrow. Adorned in straw as a disguise, he waited on lonely roads for a victim. A boy aged around ten happened across his path one day, and Trap stabbed the unfortunate shepherd's boy with a vicious start, sharp stick. Why do they always have to use sticks? Can't they, can't they evolve Germany, past man. birch? No. It, 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 makes, it makes just Christmas. Well, this it, guy's it, French. He's French. No, not when he's in Germany. Fuck, in Bavaria. Man. Oh, he's in Bavaria. Jesus. Yeah. So I guess sticks are weapons in Germany. I wonder why they lost the war. Oh. 2-0, baby. 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> With the body safely back at his lair, Trap sliced it into pieces and roasted it. But before he could eat, he was struck by a divine lightning bolt. And killed. Wow. That's very specific. God's like this guy right here. <laughs> this, guy this guy died. Not these people murdering thousands of people, but this man ate one child. You died today. Excommunicado. <laughs> today, naughty children are born that Hans Trapp's spirit lingers on, and that he may visit them in his scarecrow disguise if they don't mend their ways. A popular boogeyman and a frightening tall tale, you may think. But nothing more than that. Sadly, though, we've got some bad news. The story seems to have been inspired by the incredible true tale of a real person. Oh, there's more. (laughs) The man who inspired the legend. Hans von Trotha. Hans von Trotha. Hans von Trotha was a knight who lived from 1450 to 1503. He commanded two castles in the Palatine, French-German territory, but became embroiled in an argument with the church over the property in one of them. The abbot would not concede certain properties to von Trofta, so the embittered knight stopped the supply of water to the nearby town of Westenburg with a dam. In retaliation, the abbot had the dam destroyed, which flooded the villagers' homes and businesses. The dispute c- continued until just as, with Hans Trapp, the knight was summoned by the Pope himself and excommunicado. <laughs> well, there's no record of von Trotha. 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 I like it. Trotha. I like Adrian. Well, there's no record of Von Trotta. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Trotta. Trotta. Well, there's no record of Von Trotta turning to cannibalism and hunting children while dressed as a scarecrow. What we know of Von Hans Von Trotta's life is also extraordinary. Even the Emperor's intervention wasn't enough to put a stop to the knight's battle with the abbot of Westenburg Abbey which is exactly why Pope Innocent... The, the, the Eighth. The Eighth Innocent 
Pope Innocent. <laughs> that, that's a bunch of red flags there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not touching. He really tried to turn the, the church around in that one yeah. era. Well, I ain't touching you boys. No, no. No, no. I'm innocent. That's I'm the not Pope. Me. <laughs> I'm innocent. Come I'm on, innocent hey, until proven uh, guilty. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> innocent until proven Borgia. <laughs> Rodrigo Borgia, <laughs> the most interesting Pope in history. Pope Innocent Eighth came into the picture in the first place on his summoning to successor successor Alexander VI Papal Court. Von Trofta refused to attend. Instead, he sent a letter to the Pope, which expounded on Von Trofta's faith while accusing the Pope of all matter of impure acts. You're touching little boys! I know you are, because I'm a knight and I've seen it. No, no, I'm innocent. No, no. Even excommunicado, the Willy Von Trotta, did the Willy, the Willy, even excommunicadoed, even excommunicadoed, the Wiley, the Wiley Von Trotta, did well for himself, serving the French royal court. Yeah, he was Willy, Von Trotta, the Willy Knight. <laughs> yeah, there's just a bunch of dicks on his face. <laughs> oh my god. Serving the French royal court, he was given Scheffler Dior, <laughs> Chevalier, Chevalier, Chevalier. What did you say first? Chevalier. You said Chevalier. It's a Chevy. It's a goddamn Chevy. Get it right. Chevalier. Please, please keep that in. Oh my god, that was so funny. Was Serving cute. the French royal court, he was given the Chevalier Dior by King Louis the Seventh. It's the 12th. <laughs> King Jesus Louis the 12th. <laughs> it's the end of a long day. Uh. <clears throat> Serving the French royal court. Just move on. on. <laughs> Serving the French royal court, he was given the Chevalier. The <laughs> <laughs> Chevalier! It's a Chevalier built for America. <laughs> Serving the French. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop it, Chase. You need to stop it. That's so good. <laughs> Serving the French royal oh my court. God. <laughs> Move on. Stop it. <laughs> on his death, all charges against him were reversed and forgiven. Something of his notoriety. <laughs> Something of his notoriety lived on, though. Something of his notoriety lived on, though. And not only is Hans Strop. Something of his notoriety. Shut up and look down or Why something. Why is it every time Christmas episodes, I can't do it? Look down somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying not to look. <laughs> God, I need a shower. I know, I, I, I know, I can smell you. Something of his notoriety lived on, though, and not only in Hans Trapp. Local legends also referred to him as the Black Knight, a formal specter that was also sometimes. <laughs> it's just a flesh moon. <laughs> Everyone's the Black Knight. You shall here. not pass. Who's also sometimes said to accompany Santa Claus and punish. 
children who are unworthy of gifts. Well, that's a stretch. <laughs> Could you imagine Santa Claus has a bodyguard at the Black fucking Night and he goes, he's like, <laughs> you've been naughty. <laughs> <laughs> you get hit with a sword. Think oh, don't it. worry. You didn't lose an arm. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Give it to your sister. Give your arm to your sister. I want you to beat yourself with your own arm <laughs> while I watch and videotape because I'm Santa I'm gonna Claus. I'm going to stand here in the corner dressed as a scarecrow. <laughs> wow, that was, a, that was a reach. That was a good story, though. Oh, man. Well, what would you guys think? <sighs> I liked it. It was, it was good. I like all of them. I think um, for sure I'm going to be putting a Christmas scarecrow in my front yard. Yeah. That's going to, if or anybody knows stuff. about it. Perch stuff. Yeah. Nah, yeah, you yeah. should do, uh, yeah. You should or do Bell Snickle. I could put Bell Snickle out you there. You could put a picture of Droit Shrewd. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big, like, plot of him. Yes. Yeah. Waterproof his ass and stick him up in my front yard with lights on him. Yeah. Well, that was a fun episode. <laughs> There's some Christmas, Christmas nightmares for you all, your Christmas. Merry Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let the scary. Christmas white horse come after you. Basically, yeah. if you hear yeah. switches, birch branches of any sort, just stay in your house. Lock the doors. Yeah. Don't answer the door if a large white horse knocks. Yeah. Just, just you're not home. Yeah. Just, just a about warning it. for everyone. If you do leave the house, I would recommend locking back doors and shutting windows. Just throwing it out there. That is a that is a good thing for people to learn. <laughs> yeah, and understand. you know, great, great you advice. never know when that one day is going to happen. That one individual just checks checks the back door, and Belschnickel is going to come and get you. Exactly. I saw that light go out. That exactly. light just went out behind you. Schwan's telling us to go home, <laughs> so please look at all of our links. We're on Instagram at Stuck in This Purgatory. If you have a crazy Christmas story, why don't you send it over to us as a Christmas gift, and we will look at it on our email at stuckinthispurgatory at gmail.com. I, please, guys, we really want to hear your spooky Christmas tales, even if it's just something that happens to you personally, like the light going off behind Adrian in the middle of a podcast. Very strange. That is... I have been playing with Ouija boards lately. Ooh. Yeah. And on top of that, please write in if you want Adrian to get a tattoo of a Ouija board. If we get enough votes, he agreed he's going to do it. So. Over 50. <laughs> don't mind my cough, because I am sick today. Uh, I'm coughing too, apparently. And um, we look forward to Christmas. So happy holidays, everybody. We love you. Thank you so much. Hopefully this got you in the Christmas spirit. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Instead of bringing, bringing up political stuff when your family's in town, why don't you bring up uh, Stuck in the Purgatory? We're just as offensive, so just, you know, come yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah. 2-0, oh, baby. 2-0. Oh. All right. Well, if you don't want to see Bell Schnicker or Hans Trapp or, or Frita von Wittgenstein, make sure you drop us a follow so we don't get all stuck in this purgatory.